and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm chatting with writer Eugene O'Brien about his new Irish language film, Tarek. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Thanks a million. Yeah, great to be here. It's great to have you. It's great to have such a, a beautiful female-led um action sports film set in Kerry in such a, a gorgeous location. And um, can you tell me about um how you created this project, how how you guys got this across the line? Um well it was part of the Cine4 um scheme, which uh, is brilliant because uh, it's there's great momentum about the scheme. You know what I mean? You you put an idea in, they come back to you pretty quickly. You get down to a shortlist. They give you some money. You go and write the script. You go back in, and then they pick two. I think it was for the year. So, so you know, it, you you're in business pretty quickly, which means it it's just get great momentum to the script and to the project. Uh, and I suppose we started off with the character of the of Bear, which is the father, is the the, the fisherman, the gruff, rough and ready, um, might have had a problem with drinking, um, kind of all unreconstructed male, you know. And he was a character I had not floating around for a while. So we had him and we had his daughter and it was all of that. But it was really about him, his story. And then we started to get more interested in the in the daughter and the film then slowly began to become about her and very much he was a secondary character but it was really about her journey and her kind of trauma and grief um, and like all these things you just have an idea and you keep you keep myself and Tina Navukula the producer was also a story editor we'd get in a room we'd drive ourselves mad for five hours back and forth back and forth i go write a treatment come back and it's just the hard yards and uh, we did a lot of development on the script. Uh, once we got the few, you know, we got the green light, the script changed quite a lot, actually. Uh, and we honed it down. We had a lot of, we had a lot of, we had a lot more plot and a lot more melodrama and a lot more backstory. And we gradually whittled it away, whittled it away, whittled it away until, until it, it became, um, became what it was. And we're very glad. And actually COVID helped in that because we couldn't shoot for about a year and a half because of COVID. Uh, we didn't take the leap. Some projects did. <laughs> they went into it. We said, no, it's too scary. Yeah. So although the COVID was still in operation when we shot in 2021, two years ago, we all had to get the jabs every morning, you know, do the whole thing and get the test every morning. But um, so that gave, but the COVID gave us opportunity to really look at the film, to really look at the writing. And that always pays off the amount of Brian, you have to do when you when you go back to the go back to rewriting again and again. And we Leslie McCain and the film board was very helpful with that. Um so so that was it. And we and and somehow we got to Kerry this time two years ago on the wilds of Ballyfretterer, which is you know, next stop America, where Ryan's daughter was shot and Star Wars across the way. And we were in that kind of neck of the woods, staying in a hotel. Everyone was staying in the one hotel, which usually closes for the for the for the winter and um that was it yeah and tell me about um developing a character um like a, a, like a strong sportswoman she's so driven she's processing the loss of her mum but has been sort of avoiding it until now um where did she sort of come from or how did she sort of spin off from uh, the character of bear like it, it was it just it felt like an organic step to take or 
you know, where was it getting two words worlds to collide? Yeah, he, 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 he was getting, well, the, the first thing was, I suppose, we, 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 I, I start thinking of the collateral damage of this man, Bear, who's the great kind of colourful Irish archetype, the bull, you know, it's that kind of, the field, like he's that kind of guy. But, but then to think about what's the damage of that when someone doesn't take care of you, someone, someone isn't minding you in terms of the daughter, you know? Uh, and how does someone cope with that? And then if they don't cope with it, they park it and they become very successful and they, they want to please and they want to be the good girl who does well. Um, and that was the idea then. You know, she's done this for so long and 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 in, in original drafts, we had the two of them very fighting with each other up front, you know, like they were very snippy with each other. And we said, you know, we no, they've worked what's more sad is that they've worked a way out of not talking about the elephant in the room so they just exist and they they exist and this has been going on for years no one says anything until we this is why we're here for our story until it explodes and the reason it, it kind of explodes is that something opens up in her through getting back into the sea and getting back into the boat and also something opens up in her in terms of having to share uh, her life with these other three women that are in the boat with her and, and and having to really trust them. I think she has a problem with trust. So she has to trust, grow to trust these women uh, because they want her in this race. And I think that, um, you know, really, uh, and, and memories of her mother because her mother was very closely uh, associated with the boat. So I think all of that is, it, 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 it allows this uh, great, um, she can't run away from her trauma anymore, essentially. Do you know what I mean? Without giving too much away. Uh, so um, so that was it really. And, and, the, and the big challenge was to was to marry the sports movie with the family drama. Do you know what I mean? That that, that and that that was a thing that took a while. How do how do we get the two of those to flow and to and to work? And 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 we kind of hit upon something then, which I won't tell you what it is, because you'll see the film. Uh, that hopefully uh, that does that. You know what I mean? That brings the two of them right together. And, and um, uh, yeah, that was the challenge, big challenge of of uh, crafting the story. So you've worked with Declan before, um, uh, and that's a relationship that you guys had already established, a, a creative sort of shorthand, maybe from. Uh, yeah. Yes, Ms. Declan had been working for since about two thousand and four because we he he was brought in to direct um, the first three episodes of, of Pure Mule, this TV show that that we did, uh, wrote. Uh, Charlie McCarthy did the other three, but Declan kind of was in, and then he, we did a two part follow up of Pure Mule in two thousand nine, and he directed that, and then we direct he directed a, a film called Eden, which is from a play of mine adapted from a play of mine. Uh, and then we made a kind of a a, a a a comedy thing with Pat Short called The Flag. And we've also had loads of other things that haven't quite seen the light of day. So we've been we've been working together a lot, and we have a new, uh, yeah, a new script together um, that we're, we're we're very, very hopeful for um, that we really like. So yeah, it's an ongoing thing. We're kind of the two lads from Offaly, you know. So um, and so we 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 took a detour to Kerry this time, but we're we're actually back in Offaly for the next one. Uh, but. Uh, so, yeah, no, we just have a really good working relationship, very good shorthand. We can say anything to each other, same kind of sensibility. Um, and um, he's, yeah, it just, it, it works, you know. 
Um, and tell me a little bit about how how to put together an application for Cine4 because it is one of the great schemes where it like it isn't a huge budget film and again this goes very far far because you've created such a, a rich visual um story I mean Kerry and and the the rowing itself really lends itself to some very cinematic scenes um but tell me a little bit about how you guys put together an application. Is it yourself and Declan are, are a unit, you work on the script and then you submit and then you go through that process? Or is it, you know, you put together an idea for this? Like, do you go in with something kind of half fully formed, develop it under the scheme and then get a talent attached? Well, this this was very much we had been talking to our this producer, Kleena Nivukula, um, and, and Kleena had, you know, We'd been talking for a few years about a, a project that we could all do together, uh, and then this 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 scheme came up. And Kleena is a native speaker, so she she kind of provides the the Gwail in the Gwail Gori, you know, and she was able to uh, to do all that. So so we she was the one who came up with the idea of the world of the Navogs because she 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 spends a lot of time down in Kerry in that part of the world. She's this amazing world of naval rowing, you know, this 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 boat rowing. It's fantastic so that was that and then I had the character of Bear and then we developed the story so the three of us developed the story together and very very much Lena and myself did a lot did a lot of that and then we bring Declan in and you know it was it was that uh, and then Lena you know she had the the fantastic task that everyone loves of trying to fill out the forms and do all the the applications you know uh, which I thankfully don't have to do uh, so that was it. And I'm and sure you have to do a few <laughs> synopses. I'm, I'm sure you have to do a few synopses and writers. Oh, God, we should do all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Synopses you never, and you never, they're so long. Yeah, yeah. Until you cry. Yeah. Uh, until you never want to see it again. But you know, in terms of just the technical thing of, uh, you know, having to get it in. And and uh, it's quite a complicated scheme. Like there's there's a lot of moving parts to it because the VAI are involved. In the whole, it's a whole thing. But it, But it's a great scheme. And as I say, the great thing about it is that it moves quickly, you know, on, unlike other things, because there's not as many, because it's Irish language, there isn't as many people you have to try and deal with, you know. Um, so, yeah, so that was it, really, you know. Wonderful. And tell me about even, like, I know as a writer, a writer traditionally isn't, but again, this seems like something that you guys had a very tight creative relationship between the three um, yeah. kind of lead roles which is which is which is brilliant but can be quite unusual sometimes um Tom were you involved with the casting do you guys get a say in you know getting Kelly and Lorcan in the mix to you know like testing them would you be in the room would you be on set uh yeah yes um I I I, I kind of would I, I I was in and all that really you know uh, I mean it's down to Declan really uh Gina more but but I'd be in the room I was at uh auditions I was in another room watching the auditions rather than having too many people uh but yeah no I I would put my, my you know I I would put my vote as to who we want and and we were so lucky with who we got you know because uh, it's hard to cast sometimes it's 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 you know it's a more limited pool of people because of the Irish language and and so Kelly came in and she was amazing she's brilliant and very committed and physically so committed to the rowing. I mean, all of all of the, the girls were extraordinary in the boat. I mean, they were, you see in the film, they're, they're, we only use doubles a couple of times. You see them, they are absolutely rowing. Like, it's unbelievable. They're about, only about five or six weeks to, to kind of train in, you know? Uh, so, but, and Kelly's, you know, just brings a great emotional intensity to the part. 
uh, and there was a great sense of camaraderie because the big thing we wanted to get was this camaraderie between women and that this great moment for women's sport, you know. This summer was such an extraordinary kind of summer for women's sports. So we wanted to kind of capture that and capture the infighting. When you get, you know, women together, it can get, you know, no more than men in a different energy can be difficult. So, and how people can overcome that and learn to work together and really, um, really bond with each other. Uh, we really want to get that across and the, and the cast did that so well. Um, and then we had an actor called Killian McGarvey, who's a very talented guy, who who, was, who I always had in mind. To, I was the one who suggested him. He was always in my mind to play the character of Noli. Um, and the others then, Rachel uh, Feeney, I didn't really know at all. She's she just kind of, she did she she was in RADA and came out and did bits and pieces. She's a smaller part in Belfast. and uh, But she's she's uh, fantastic. And Kate Finnegan's brilliant. Uh, Again, we we didn't lean over and just she came across on on uh, it was all Zoom auditions a lot of it, which was very difficult to cast from Zoom. You know, so, uh, lucky luck Kelly when she first came, we she was able to come into the room and she read and was absolutely brilliant. And Katie um, Kanida then is of course is a great has been in many Irish language films, including on Colin Kuhn. and uh, she's fantastic in this film. You know. And what are the things that you guys would have been on the lookout for when it comes to, say, picking specific people for roles? Because I know, like, Lorcan, he's actually surprisingly warm for that type of character, for Bear. Like, it's it's an interesting sort of um, uh, thing. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, as as a writer, and I think it's, it's probably different to theatre, where you kind of get to externalise so much of people's inner thoughts and you're, you are left to, like, the dialogue which is it was a little bit more sparse and then you don't even fully get to pick it as if if you have to translate it as well like it's sort of like slightly out of your control a little bit I'm just yeah. curious like how do you guys go about you know going okay these traits are really important like do, do you go we're looking for someone specifically with you know this this energy or this physicality or like do you guys sit down and have big long discussions and and, and trying to elicit that from your actors as well when you're or like yeah. see it in them. Yeah, no, it's good. It's it's well, but for Bear, I I particularly had things that we wanted from someone, and we had a list. And then uh, when Larkin came in, he probably he did play him softer, and did play him as if this was a man who'd really gone through. A lot of shit and now was trying to be quiet and be good and be reformed and be you know so uh, there was part of that in Bear but Lorcan kind of really went to that element of him and we went with him we said actually that's more powerful that the guy is actually doing his best he's actually you know much calmer he's not losing his temper only you know slight little glimmers of it and that actually is sadder in a way so so you know actors come in and and they, they they play, the great thing is, you know, actors come in, they see the character and they play the character in what you thought that that character might be. But then they do something else with it that surprises you. And that's, and the good actors always do that. But they don't do something that's so surprising that it's not the fucking character. You know, it's, yeah. it is, but it's, they do something else that just brings it alive. And Orkin did that in spades. And, it, you know, there's a beautiful kind of vulnerability to, to that man. 
and an inability to really address what's really going on and then until he's forced to uh and and uh, there's a great scene between the two of them um so uh yes i mean we we the girls were we had a we had a you know a kind of prototype of we wanted one to be this type and the family woman and then another who's a, who's a bit wilder and another and it there were you don't need to be too specific you know because actors come in you you'll know when you meet them sometimes you know and, and then they bring the, they all bring their own stuff to it anyway so I, I never as a writer get too set about who I want I don't imagine people when I'm writing in a way you know because it it's it's uh, it's more of an energy than a specific thing you know and and tell me again about the different drafts that you guys did um so were was everybody cast if if you're saying zoom presumably over covid or was that because it's in Kerry and everyone's scattered and Irish speakers are you have to kind of go to the nooks and crannies to get them or you know like it's kind of about kind of piecing everything together about going through the different gra- like when do the actors come on and when do they feed into the the narrative and and does that change it every uh, ever so slightly uh, the the some so some of our actors were cast uh most of our actors were cast i think and we were still working on the script because we 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 left the script alone and we did a bit of work and then quite late on we delved into it again and like the Jenga, someone, you know, we pulled out a piece, we, you know, and the whole fucking thing came, not crashing down, but kind of, oh my God, there's a big question to be answered here. And so we started to look again, but but the, but the but who 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 was cast didn't really affect that. It was a story structure thing. It it, it was really the nuts and bolts stuff. Uh, and then actors really came into their own when we got to Kerry. We'd a week in Kerry before we started to shoot and we were around the table and we were doing all that. And so then actors really came into their own because, again, you know, you hear stuff and you can start cutting uh, because they, you know, they don't need to say all that. They can just do it in whatever the look. And then the actors are very good at suggesting dialogue. And we rewrote quite a lot, uh, all for the better, you know. And then it was slightly slightly complicated because I don't speak any Gwilga. Uh, so there was an Irish language version of the script and an English language. So we read it in English. And then we talk about that, and then it would be translated, and then, and and then we talk about that. But it was so it wasn't ideal, but it was okay. I mean, it worked. So that that's really kind of like an interesting take. Also, I'm just curious to um, so you're you're working on other drafts yourselves because of you know like because of you know organically your notes where you're feeling things are changing and shifting as a creative team. When do I know, I know you were a process? Uh, the whole scheme starts off like there's actually a number of projects going in. Um, I'm I'm just sort of wondering. You guys are changing it constantly yourselves. How many revisions did the Cine Four scheme? Like, how did the external notes maybe it, it affect the project? Because I know it's TG Cahar and Screen Ireland. Do the, does everyone have a say, or is it just TG Cahar? Are you delivering? Well. Like, Yes. Well, early on, like initially, it was TG Carr oh. who gave who gave back feedback. Um, because it was their yeah, it's their scheme initially. So they so they gave feedback, and they're the ones who chose. Um, they 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 kind of do the choosing, as far as I know, and and then it was in the latter stages that uh, the film board got more involved. 
um, and Leslie Kim, who was an, a, 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 develop, a developing person in there at that time, was was more involved with us towards towards the end of the process and was actually very helpful and really really interrogated the script and and made us make changes that I think are, are really helped. You know what I mean? That made us look at things and then we had to come up with our own solutions to try and to try and, and uh, answer these questions, which which I think we did and everyone was happy with. So um, so there wasn't too many voices, you know what I mean? There wasn't yeah. everyone shouting at you at once, which is good. Uh, and, and, and again, we, we put put pressure on ourselves a lot of the time to, to keep reading it and, and keep rewriting. And you know when something isn't quite right, you know, you just have the feeling. Um, although every fibre in your being wants to say that it's done, so you'd be finished with it. If there's a nagging voice at all, you have to listen to it and go back um, to the drawing board slightly, you know, and keep crafting it away until it's till it's done. But a script is never done. I mean, it's never it's always being worked on right to the last week with the actors, right to on the day sometimes, you know. Um, so you have to have to be willing and open to to be changing at all times and and and. Uh, and making it right, you know. That's that is very interesting because like and, and even up to the edit, actually things can change and subtext and meanings and focus can change so drastically in the edit. Absolutely. And, you know, and I'm and and especially if you're saying kind of dialogue is changing here and there. Are you in that room? Do you get cuts as the the writer? Yes. Ah uh, yeah, yeah. You you I mean you're kind of over everything. I mean I was I like I was down there for the six weeks, you know, we were there the five weeks. So I was either kind of around the set or not, or sometimes rewriting stuff for budgetary reasons. We had to change some scenes around. You know, there'd be always that kind of stuff going on, which would have a ripple effect. So you had to kind of rewrite small things. Um, and, you know, so it's, it, it's good to be there all the time, to be on hand, you know. And I'm just curious, because I know... Like they're very different mediums. Like you have written for TV, for um, for for theater. Um, what do you have to sort of change your mindset a little bit because they are so different in form? Yes, uh, you do. Yeah, you do. You you have a different um. Well, you you do and you don't. I mean, I mean. It's still the same process of, of of trying to create believable characters and trying to go into a world in your head and all of that, but it is a different discipline. You know, if you're writing theatre, I mean, I, I write kind of monologue plays, um, which are more uh, you just sit down and and it's more see what comes out of you. You know, it's much more kind of creative writing. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's um, I'm a poet. You know, it's like kind of that, uh, you know, or it doesn't. Whereas film writing is much more um, disciplined and you're usually working with other people and it's kind of plot point one and it's all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And you write endless treatments. At least I do anyway. I like to have very, 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 very detailed treatments before I attempt a, a script. And so I, I take much longer over the treatment than I will over the script. The script I write in two, two or three weeks because the treatment has been worked on for about three or four months, maybe, you know. Wow. That's, that's and I think you're still in writing that, that way to go. Other people do it the, the opposite way. 
but I, I, I certainly think it saves time. I, I mean, you, you still have leeway to 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 change things as you're writing, but I, I think a treatment, a detailed treatment, is the way to go for me anyway. Whereas other types of writing are are more you plan a bit, but it's much more in the moment and you go, with, you know. Uh, but there are different different disciplines, and I like that's why I quite, I like doing. I like mixing it up like that because it keeps you kind of fresh. And um, I think if you're only writing for the screen, number one, it takes so long to get anything made that you get frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have to be filling your time with other things and always be moving around, you know. And I'm just wondering with regards to your slate as well, um, would you like, because I would consider you to be like, you know, one of the most, most established kind of people with your area and your niche area with um like a really established known playwright but also that consistently has good screen projects across the line um and and a various different tone which is interesting so I'm just because like I kind of go to you probably have more clout than, than the rest of, of the writers in that regards that you can just say if can you flip from kind of project to project and go all right look I've got six things in development this one is coming up you know, this one is a theatre play. I get to kind of go to a retreat. Do, are you kind of at the whim of whatever gets funding at the next juncture? Um, ah, yeah, you're always at the whim of that, really. You know, and who's interested in it and what's the, what's the heat like on this one? And, you know, um, you know, so and, and it's. It's it's yeah, you just you never know what's going to happen, really. I think you can. I think in the past, sometimes you chase certain things uh, that you 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 need to just keep writing what you're interested in, you personally, and not chase something for the sake of it because it might be a better deal. If you know what I mean, you yeah. you got to keep. I've learned that in the last while that you just you just write what you want to write, write the, what's coming out of your own. <clears throat> um, heart or whatever and actually that will serve you better in the long run and then then taking up things that you're not as driven by do you know and is it tougher to do like screenplay treatments because there's so many cooks in the kitchen at the very beginning that things don't percolate individually or would you take people's input and then go and sort of let that ruminate and then bring that to it like or are kind of cooks in the kitchen continuously like I'm, I'm just interested in how the process works well it depends on on each project kind of different it depends on who you're working with and all that kind of thing uh because i mean like the likes of tarok and, and, and uh, you know working with declan and Kleena and people like that who i know very well that's much more um you know we can I take on everything they say. I I I like working in in the group like that. I like taking on notes. I like I like it because you're getting help from people you trust, yeah. so it makes your life easier, you know. And I think you need to. I mean, and, and whoever you're working with, I like to listen to people. Usually, people are very good, you know. Usually, you're working with people who are very good who are who are giving you good notes. And and more heads are better. You know, many heads make light work. Uh, you've got to make a choice ultimately yourself, and usually that's quite easy. You know, you know what's working and what isn't. Um, but I like to certainly uh, the the thing about film writing I do like is actually collaborating with people and uh, good people, uh, and usually it's helpful. Usually it's helpful, 
<laughs> but you know what I mean. So I do yeah. like I I like I like that spirit of it, and um, and then again I like going away to the more solo stuff of playwriting and and writing books. Uh, you know what I mean? That which is much more you're on your own. You have an editor, but it's much more solitary type of thing. Whereas the film writing is more uh, your work. You're collaborating with people, and usually it's always to the betterment. If if you, you I mean, my policy in a meeting is never block things, you know, never argue the toss over things, just write everything down, uh, uh, take it all home and then go through it, you know, sift through it and see what's useful and what isn't. Um, and um, sometimes things that you don't think are going to help you sometimes turn out to be the thing that does help you. So you you, you always consider everything, even, even if you think it's shit initially, <laughs> you never know. It may be shit. Or there might be something in it, but I, I wouldn't dismiss anything. Um, and, yeah. and, and I suppose that's a, a kind of creative trust shorthand of finding collaborators. Like, would somebody sort of at your level, like, go, oh, I, I, do you know, like, I kind of think it's such an intimate process getting a project that's that difficult that maybe you don't have huge development funding necessarily in the beginning I know at this scheme you probably are getting kind of paid at every single thing but you know like if you get like that kind of one development scheme to get it to a specific level but then you kind of do have to do a lot of like fundraising and I presume you have to do bits and bobs on that I'm just wondering like are you kind of open to starting new creative relationships or is it sort of like marriage or dating where you're like oh no I'm just going to stick to this one person because I trust them or you know because I, I kind of think it's so it's such an intense experience and you care well I, pres I presume you care because you're releasing work at such a high level I'm, I'm kind of like using the collective you as, as creatives as well like care so deeply about a project and really like want it to do well that sometimes when those relationships break down it can be really stressful so I'm just I'm just kind of curious to how you like develop those and maintain those creative relationships longer term. Um. Yes. Well, I think. I suppose, it's. I'm. I've never. I don't think I've ever really fallen. Have I fallen out with anyone? Not really. Um. Maybe I'm a Libran, you know, and I. 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 Where's uh, the phone? Um. I. Uh, tend to be able to listen to people on all sides. But um, I think you maintain them through sometimes. Well, I, I think the main thing is you, you don't work with, with the same people all the time. And even with Declan, you know, we, we won't be working with each other all the time. I mean, you know, there might be a year where we don't do anything. We'll still be kind of talking about things, but we won't be kind of enmeshed in anything. Yeah. And I work with other people and he'll work with other people. And, and not every project is right for every person. Do you know, like some people might not always absolutely. get into a specific type for whatever reason. Maybe it's yeah. not their wheelhouse or they have absolutely. their own sort of different thoughts about it. And then it, it isn't a fit. So I'm, I'm just sort of. That's, that's like, true, too. You have to be absolutely. I think you have to like I, I will, um, you know, you'll always look around, you know, you have a certain thing and you go, who'd be interested in that? You, you know, in terms of producers, who 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 would that who 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 would be good with that? Who you know, who would be able to carry that particular ball? And um, so, and yeah, that, that 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 definitely that would be a thing you do, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just 
um, how you maintain the relationships. I think you just listen to it. It's like a good marriage, you know. You just, yeah. <laughs> you just, you just communicate. But I think it's about listening to each other and communicating. And if if there is a problem, that you air the problem. Yeah. And get it and and deal with it. It's like like any kind of um, relationship, I suppose. Um, and I think you know you you find the relationships that really work for you by the ones that by in contrast to the ones that haven't worked as well. Yeah. You know, you really appreciate the ones that do work then. Yeah. Uh, because and it's not the other person's fault or anything. It's just it's just it's just you're in the same wavelength. You work well together. It's a personality thing, it's whatever it is. Uh, it's an energy thing. And sometimes I've been with people who were who were perfectly very good and uh, and have done gone to, you know, have done very well, but just haven't quite fitted me or I haven't quite fitted them. And you know, and you know that quite quickly, and you won't go back there. And you but you'll always go back to the people that you just uh, can can work with, you know. Yeah, and and that gets you, I suppose, and get your work. In yes, a, exactly. In a deeper yeah. way, because like again, just some people don't have access to everything, and then you might not. Have, do you know, like you might not kind of fit with someone else's sort of idea or energy. But there, there is one thing that I thought was quite interesting. Do you, when developing, say like Eden, which was just a spectacular um show when it when it aired, um as well as the theater piece, which was so strong, but again, there was such different forms but so beautifully strong in their own way when you're developing that and like basically adapting it from your own work do you kind of feel like that's you know kind of like your treatment done your you know you know your characters inside out I mean you've kind of lived with it at that point for so long I'm, I'm just curious it, is that something like a very different project to developing than something like Tark? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, the the good thing is that you do know the characters so well, but the bad thing is that you you know them too well in a certain way and they have to change yeah. because it's to fill the screen. You know, so Eden was was a monologue play. So there were, there, these two people were talking constantly to an audience. You know, they were confessing stuff to an audience or to God or who, to whoever. But but on film, when you see them in in, in the world, they're actually very quiet people. They don't actually talk very much, you know. They only talk. They're only allowed to talk in the theatre to us, you know. So that was a kind of a um, a challenge, and and so we had to try and find more visual ways of uh, of portraying their feelings, of uh, visualizing the internal, what was going on inside them, because they could not tell us on film, you know. Yeah. Um. So that was quite a big challenge. Uh, the, I think the producer. David Collins, I remember he set me a task. He said, I want you to write the first 20 minutes of the, of the film without any dialogue whatsoever. And, and then and then if, if we feel you're telling the story in a, in a visual way that we can actually understand, then you'll be allowed a little bit of dialogue, <laughs> you know. So that was a very good exercise, actually, you know. It was an artificial exercise, but actually it was a very helpful one. And... Um, but they, but they were very different, very, very different. Monologue plays are, are, are you know, so it's a different, it's such a different format even to straight plays. But you um, still, you still have a really, like what's very funny is obviously if, if whether it's an unconscious thing or not, there's a very strong arc and points and points back and forth in that play that that is very structured. So I wonder, is that like your unconscious doing it? And then maybe you have to very consciously do it for the, the feature film if you're working with other people, maybe just just out of curiosity, is that? Yes, I think I think the the, the, 
the, the structure of Eden is is quite it works really well for the play, and that was completely instinctual. That just I didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, I was just I was an actor, and I was just writing this at in in at night time, um, not really knowing what I was doing. But so that just came out kind of naturally that we would have his point of view, and he would go on with the story a little bit, and then we'd have her point of view, uh, of the same thing. But then she would cover a new bit of the story. Anyway, whatever way it worked, it it worked very well, and. The film then couldn't couldn't really do that. We had to invent another structure for the film entirely. Um, and also we had kind of fantasy sequences in the play where they had, she had kind of quite hardcore sex fantasies <laughs> that she was getting out of a out of a book. And he was having fantasies uh, set in a pet. So that so in in the monologue, you could really go into that. In the film you could do that as well, but then it became a different type of film and we, it, we felt that tonally it just did not work. Um, so it was really like starting from scratch, I have to say, doing that film. It was like it was like a different animal. It was like a different project altogether. And and did you have to kind of go in and go, okay, well, I'm going to do like my sequences or my three-act structure. I'm going to kind of do like yeah. treatment after treatment for that as well, or would it be something that you? Oh would... yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, you had to, you had to, you had to completely redesign it. Really, you know what I mean? You had to, you had, you had to do, go back and do all your 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 um, screenplay out with the screenplay book. Do you know? <laughs> no, uh, and well, I had a great editor, script editor, uh, writer called Lauren, Lauren McKenzie, who had done amazing work with me on Pure Mule and really taught me how to write telly I had a notion what I was doing at the time and she came in at times into the Eden development as well and was very very helpful with with that you know but it it was it was a it was you had to go back to the drawing board really you know eight sequences it's just a different language to the play you know yeah yeah it's very it's so interesting oh my god sorry I did not I just saw the time uh, thank you <laughs> Like I'm just, I would honestly just pick your brain for hours and hours and hours because I do think like that's so interesting it's so, like it's such a it's such a variety of of works and I do think like that kind of use of of comedy of of that darkness and in in other projects as well it's it's just very strong and it it, it, it speaks very much I think to like Irish sensibilities and and a lot of like what's under the 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 consensus of society that's unspoken, which I which I love, and I yes. and I think this does tackle a lot of that as well. It's much sweeter, um, which which is interesting. So I like again, yeah. it's such a it's such a visually stunning film. It's great to see four women rocking it on a boat and women's sports being promoted, um, and and just have how have you enjoyed it? How has the response been? It's been really great, I you know and. Yeah, I, I I think it's a, I think it's a generous film. You know, I think it's a feel good. I think it's a it's we watched a a great Peter Yates film from nineteen seventy nine called Breaking Away about four it's four guys in a town, a working class guys in a kind of college town, and they're into cycling. So it's a kind of sports movie about cycling, and um, but really it's about these guys and their identity and um, and that was kind of one of the templates for this for for Tarok and. Uh, I think I think yeah I'm I'm very happy with the film and Declan did great work Paddy Jordan did great work the the cinematographer uh, there's a great soundtrack by uh, Cormac um which I think really helps us and um yeah no I think it's I I'm, I'm very proud of the film now and um 
it's it's good to hopefully people can try and see it on a big screen because it's it looks it looks good and a great uh advertising for <laughs> the irish tourist board as well absolutely very scenic views yeah that's that's fabulous look it's out the 6th of october so thank you so much for chatting with us thanks a million thank you very much that was great mm-hmm.